You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's lunchtime and we are going to talk about food. Two important reports are out today, and I want your reaction. One has to do with changing our diets, pretty drastically, by the way. And the other is about food waste. It's the result of a year-long research project. And the conclusion is, pretty shocking, I must add, that we waste nearly 60% of the food we produce in Canada. This is food that is apparently perfectly good, though it may not look perfect. Only 42% of food that is produced here actually makes it to market. And I know that of that food that makes it to market and is sold, we undoubtedly waste a good chunk of the food we buy. Okay. And also out today, a report in the very prestigious medical journal, The Lancet, says we should drastically reduce the amount of animal protein we eat in order to save the planet and to avoid diet-related illnesses. Okay, so would you be okay with one burger a week or maybe one large steak a month or no more than four eggs a week. Uh, the numbers to call 416 360 toll free 1 866 740 Right now, we're going to Rose Reisman, who is a leading health and wellness expert. Hi, Rose. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm good, staying warm. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you know, um, Rose, earlier uh, for uh, our weekend show, we were talking about Veganuary, where a lot of people are going vegan for the yes. month to try it yep. out. Now we yep. see this report. Um, it looks pretty stringent to me, that, uh, that kind yep. of a diet change. Yeah, it does, and I think people are really reacting, and everybody I'm talking to says, well, I already eat in moderation. Everybody's becoming very defensive. But the truth is, Libby, we're not all eating in moderation. We are eating too much meat. We are, you know, ruining our our environment by how we eat. And I don't know whether it will work with my generation uh, or older, but I think my children's generation, absolutely, that they're hearing this, they're demanding it, we see it. In, in our catering, in our children's programs, that they want more sustainable food and food practices. So it's being heard, but, you know, it may not hit certain generations as, at this point. You know, I was, I was just going to say that. And uh, I'd like to ask our audience out there, uh, you know, if not you, first of all, what's your reaction to such a, uh, a drastic cutback of, of uh, you know, animal protein, basically? And, uh, but do you have children or grandchildren who are eating that way that you have to accommodate, for instance, when they come over for a family dinner? Uh, you know, all, all of that stuff. You know, I, I have to tell you personally, I, I look at this. You know, I am not on side. No can do with that. It just looks very drastic. And, you know, you'd even think if you're not a vegan, if you say, okay, I'm cutting back on red meat. Well, I'm eating eggs more than four a week. That's that's two servings, basically. Right. 
Right. And, and you know, Libby, when I think about it, it's, it's really, look, we're trying to sustain our food system so that we, we do become healthier and the environment becomes healthier. And um, I don't say you cut out meat. I just say start highlighting your grains, your salads with meat, chicken, and, and fish as long as there's good, you know, ecosystems in the oceans. Enjoy fish, but it's not about cutting it out. So it's about sitting down to a 12-ounce steak three times a week is what we really want to look at. And I don't think it's that difficult for people, but, you know, practice makes perfect. You have to start somewhere. Well, yeah, or maybe sitting, you sit down to a six or an eight-ounce steak instead of a 12-ouncer. Right, Um, absolutely, baby steps. Ba- ba- well, baby steps, or you start increasing uh, the other, the other things. Uh, do you know what this report says about fish and chicken? Yeah, fish right now. Again, you know what we're talking about is make sure our our oceans. You know that we have good practices in our oceans, and we're not ru- ruining the ecosystems there. Fish is great. Um, and what else did you ask? Fish and chicken, and chicken, and chicken. Right now is sort of on a bit of a hit, like like red meat, but not as extreme. Because think about the, the carbon footprint, uh, Libby, of red meat and what it takes to produce dairy and meat and the land that it takes to do this. The effort, you know, what's being emitted into the atmosphere, it's huge. So you, you look at something like a chicken, which is smaller, and, and you, you have more confined environment for them. Anything like that is going to be more acceptable for sure. But we're trying to emphasize the foods such as fish, vegetables, fruit, beans, lentils, whole grains, and nuts. And we've heard that before, but the upcoming new food guide, that's exactly, hopefully, what they're going to be coming out with this year. Um, yeah, it well, it, it lumps protein together. And it's interesting, you know, you're talking about chickens are more confined. Well, you know, right. those of you, uh, those of us who buy chicken and eggs, you pay a lot more for the, quote, free run. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. Free range and even free range. And, uh, what's and, the difference, you know, by the way? Um, okay, so free range means that they're actually, um, uh, free range, free run means they're actually let out of their cages, not kept in such a confined environment. But again, we've got to be careful of marketing here. And, Just and a minute, are they both the same it. is what I'm asking? Is free range I, and I free run? I believe they are. I believe they okay. are. I might be wrong. I have to check that, but I believe they are. All right. Um, so, uh, you know, the other thing is it's the problem right now would be that we don't have a global consensus on this, right? So here, you know, uh, I'm at a school today just looking at the lunches we provide there, and they're trying to do their best to get their platinum standing, and yet there's not a global consensus, and we really need a global consensus on doing this. It's not just tied into our city or our province. And that's something that they were really trying to, to look towards. And also global consensus that we all need a healthier diet because there's a lot of malnutrition going around now in the world for sure. So these are the things we have to look at. Okay. We, we need, yeah. Hang Go on. Ahead. Hang on. I, w- I want to take a call from Bill sure. because I have a hunch that what he has to say is what a lot of our audience is thinking. Hi, Bill. Let's hear. Uh, hi, a, a global consensus? I wish they'd come over and cook dinner for me. <laughs> no, 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 hang on, hang on. Please bear me out. You know, you're talking about that three 12-ounce steak a week. You know what? I go to the Costco and I get the strip loins there, and they probably, they're probably about 12 ounces each, and I cook three of them up myself, barbecue them, every week. doesn't matter what the weather is. They're nice and rare. 
and I, I absolutely love it. You know, I'm fed up of being shamed for global warming, being taxed to heat my house. The next thing you want to do is tax my meat. Why don't you all get out of my life and let me live it? Okay, let me ask you this, Bill. Uh, it's it's also a, a matter of health. I'm sure that your doctor has said, you know, it's probably better to eat less red meat. Um, I think you have you have kids. I don't know if you have grandkids. Uh, are their attitudes to eating a lot of meat different than yours? You know, back in the younger days when my kids were young, we used to, honestly, this is the truth with my wife, we used to cook up four rib steaks, and there might be one left, or maybe half of one left. They were crazy about it. We all eat less meat now than we did, and even with my three a week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, It's, no, actually, with my doctor, I use this thing called Eat Tracker, and it's it's a, a website by the uh, nutritionalists of Ontario, I believe. And you go and you plug in there, and I've done it, what I eat every day, and it comes up and it tells you how many calories you've had, uh, what, what things you have not had enough of, you haven't had enough grains, you had, haven't had enough dairy, you haven't had enough protein. And that thing is a remarkable tool. It's called eattracker.ca. Uh-huh. Said, and how are you doing on the vegetables and fruit? Well, you know, it goes up and down, but my fruit, and my vegetables, uh, vegetables not so much, but uh, fruit, guaranteed, like four to five to six servings a day. And, and between all the fruit and, uh, and the meat and everything, uh, is your calorie count okay? Uh, you know, it's actually, I think, the beer that puts on my weight. <laughs> yeah. But Bill, one thing you said that I think is great is that you have cut back your meat, which is very good. Because we have to realize, you know, meat is attributed to, you know, a higher weight gain, cholesterol, um, even, you know, linked to obesity, which leads to diabetes type 2. And we have to realize that we live in a wonderful country where we're taken care of health-wise. That's I, not I the look, same in all I countries. the farming and the sustainability of the oceans and the salmon out in the West Coast. Dr. Suzuki is against salmon farming. But he's all right. for wild salmon catching. Now, it, right. to me, it's all political. It's got nothing to do with, with sustaining the environment. It's all got to do with who's lining his pocket. And I'm well, fed up of being told how to think by governments and by people that want to rule my world. I'm going to live my life the way I want to. Good for you, Bill. <laughs> and I'm well, glad you're using the Eat Tracker. Thanks for your call. Try it out. I guarantee it. It's the best tool you'll ever, uh, you'll ever find on the web. Okay, thanks. I'm not sure I want to know. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know what, Libby, it, it's interesting. I mean, I understand people saying, you know, don't interfere in my life. But I always say that we're blessed that when we do get sick, we have a system that pays for all of our health issues, medication. And, I, you know, I always question if we didn't have that, would we be, you know, uh, would we have this kind of attitude? I, I think then you say don't get involved, then... The doctors do take care of us. We do have a government that pays for our health care. I think you have to respect that. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, and hang on, Rose. Now I am going yeah. to uh, bring in Lori Nickel, who is the CEO of Second Harvest, and Dr. Martin Gooch, who is the CEO of Value Chain Management. And they are the authors of this report on waste. And, and Rose, I bet you'll have some things to say about sure. food waste, too. Uh, Lori Nickel, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So this is a staggering amount that you came up with, Lori Nickel, 60%. And that has nothing to do with the food that we waste at home. Well, it does a little bit. 
Um, but we are not to blame. We've often forced the blame on consumers, but really we did the study to identify and confirm what we thought was happening was most of the food loss and waste was happening across the supply chain. And so that's where we really want to focus our energy on. How do we ensure that manufacturers and processors who had the largest amount uh, work on systems so that that doesn't have to occur? Okay. And Dr. Martin Gooch, so why is all this food wasted? It's wasted in a number of ways. So it's wasted by lack of coordination between suppliers and customers. It's wasted by um, not have a fork, you know, inaccurate forecast, by poor handling, and by us consumers reacting to promotions where we buy more than they require. Um, it's wasted along the entire chain. Okay, um, let's be a little specific, uh, Laurie. So I know that some food is wasted in terms of fruits because it doesn't look nice. Uh, and then uh, there's an issue with best before dates, uh, that they are quite conservative. And actually, food is usually perfectly fine after the best before dates. I mean, I personally don't want to be eating it after that. But uh, can you just elaborate on those things? Uh, I- Absolutely. So you're absolutely right. Best before dates, I believe, still confuse everybody. And a best before date doesn't just impact the consumer. It's across the supply chain. But there are only five foods that actually expire. And people think best before means expire. And it doesn't. The foods that expire are meal supplements like Ensure, baby formula. Two of them are by prescription only and protein supplements. The rest are best before. And you said it. They are conservative dates there's actually a much longer lifespan to all this food. And we need to figure out a way of managing that piece better. And, and is it conservative because uh, people are afraid? What if something happens, they don't want to be responsible? Martin, why do you think they're conservative? Uh, it's, so there's a, it's a mixture of reasons, uh, Libby. Uh, one, of the key, one of the reasons we found is that some companies purposely use a conservative date in the knowledge that it will drive sales. Um, so the consumer, yeah, um, and so they use it. In, they they base their decisions on that knowledge, and also there's the, the system is open to abuse because there's very little legislation around it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's uh, that's kind of interesting, and you know. Uh, I see where people are calling in. We're going to get to the calls in a minute. Uh, You know, I think that people at home, I know I hate wasting food. I I often tell my husband when he's saying, that's 10 cents worth of something you're putting back in the fridge. I'd say, you know what, I don't mind wasting the money, but I don't like to waste the food. But it's it's very difficult uh, if you keep uh, your pantry and your fridge stocked so that you can cook on your own or even, you know, s- some things like a, a bunch of dill, you know, it's often way bigger than you can use before it goes bad. So how do people avoid that? Well, you can absolutely throw that in your freezer. And I think that's what a lot of people need to understand is most food is freezable and that will elongate the life of whatever it is. Um, More importantly, one of the things we learned through this study is Canada produces enough food to feed 50 million people. We only have a population of 37 million and we have 4 million that are food insecure. So we have a systems problem here. Okay, so food insecure, so there's a lot of food being wasted that could help those people. Uh, let's take a call from Pat in St. Catharines. Hi, Pat. Oh, hi. Hi. Um, what I'm calling about is I'm a senior, and I find that 
it's difficult to buy smaller portions. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you could go into the store and get a half a pound of hamburger, but everything's parcel for families. And milk, buy a four-liter bag, it's the same price if you buy the smaller container, the two liters. And I just find right. that, uh, and they also have now uh, two for one. Mm-hmm. You know? You know what? If I can add to that, that I know that occasionally people go into stores that have large uh, salad bars. Uh-huh. And, you know, if you're just cooking one or two meals, that you take small selections. And, you know, in the end, yes, you know, per unit will probably cost you more, but you're not having any waste. So people will go in and get some diced chicken at the salad bar, some greens, some carrots, so yeah, that they can stretch I, that I, over I, a couple meals. That's okay, but I just find um, just to buy a small portion, say if you just want to get one chicken breast. Well, there's no um, way yeah. you can find one chicken breast. You have to buy a whole package. Or and you go to a butcher. Size one you know. is even cheaper. Well, you know what? I uh, there I have to say uh, at the supermarket that I go to, um, which is kind of an independent one. Yeah, you you uh, you probably can't find one chicken breast, but you can certainly find two. I mean, we're only two at home, so yeah, two, I yeah. can, so well, two is and it's two halves. So I don't know. Is, uh, that might be your supermarket specializes in big things, but I agree with you. Uh, one thing, if you, if you look at certain, say, dairy products, right? right? If you want to buy a small sour cream, well, it costs 50 cents more to yeah. get double that. So it seems crazy to buy the small one, and, and somebody is doing that on purpose, Lori. And the same thing, say, as yogurt. You know, if you only want to buy four of them, you don't want 12, you're paying more. Exactly. You know, so, so what is the value of the food? And, and the population of seniors seems to be climbing, but they're not really catering to seniors as far as portion sizes because we don't like to cook. I, I find out that I so I if I cook a bit enough, like say a chili or, or soup or whatever, like stew, and I say after about three nights, I've had enough of it, and I don't have room in my freezer. I just so I just throw it out in the garbage. Okay, I'm going to let them respond. Pat, thanks for your call. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Well, it's, it's Lori, and I would ask how we value food is, is really troubling because it's true that we will get food in bulk and you'll pay 50 cents more for twice as much, but you're throwing it away anyway. So is it really a deal? Well, exactly, except in the moment in the supermarket, it's just... Uh, you know, and maybe maybe you'll use it. Maybe uh, maybe I'll decide to make stroganoff with the extra sour cream. Yeah, we all do that. We have grand plans, but if we menu plan just a little bit better and know ourselves, we know if we cook, and we know many of us. And I'm not the best cook in the world, so I know that for me to say I'm going to buy these avocados because I might feel like making guacamole, but I've never made it before in my life. I have to remember that I shouldn't do that. So okay, it's, it's a total culture shift in your brain. Uh, Rosa, so, what do you yeah. have to say well, to people? Well, you know, it's funny because I started to be much more economical because I do cook all the time and too much. So I started going to Costco, and you buy these huge quantities of cheese. Well, I learned that I cut them up into smaller pieces. I freeze them. I mm-hmm. do this with the big container of feta cheese. Does the texture get affected? Yes, slightly. But, you know, if I was making a gourmet meal, uh, I would worry about it. But I find I do this all the time, and it is a real saver in terms of economics, as well as 
uh, small amount. So I'll take that, that cheese, I'll grate up a small amount, leave that in my fridge, the rest is in the freezer packaged up. And if you get into that mentality, you really save a lot and you're not short on product. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, it also depends, uh, as uh, the caller was saying, that it, it, the size of your freezer. And yeah. it also depends, I mean, honestly, you know, when, when we go to work in the morning, um, the brain is not necessarily engaged in defrosting stuff to have it when you right. come home. Or sometimes right. you come home and it hasn't defrosted and there's nothing for dinner. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, I guess those are first world problems. I want to right. take a call from uh, Margaret in Kitchener about the diet thing. Hi, Margaret. Yes, I would like to know what's wrong with an egg. I have an egg every morning for the protein. Uh, I don't think anything is wrong with an egg. Rose, why are they saying just four uh, eggs a week? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think that's a little ridiculous because of the land that chickens take up compared to, to cows. So that is, is, is shocking to me. Yet chicken was definitely an egg, were definitely in the list to limit. So that's very interesting. Maybe... Uh, just because there's more saturated fat. I don't know because they are trying to cut back in saturated fat and have more um, monounsaturated fat and oil. So we're talking there about, you know, olive oil and even, even coconut oil and getting away from the dairy. I think part of it is getting away from dairy, but that confuses me as well. That would be very interesting to find yeah, out. Well, well, I eat the egg for the fat and for the protein. Look, I, if I were you, I would keep eating the eggs. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. Okay, Margaret, thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, so um, we have to wrap things up on that as uh, we're heading to our own lunches. Uh, thanks very much, Rose Reisman and Dr. Thank Martin you. Gooch and Lori Nickel. Thank you. Thank you. A pleasure. Thank you, Libby. Okay, and we're all going to try to waste less food. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 